Nice to be back in our little homemade studio. Yes, again. welcome back to me. It's funny, I was editing the podcast we did on Zoom last week in my hotel room in Hanoi. Mm. And uh, there was this rumbling sound all through about the first three quarters of the recording, which I assumed was something to do with the internet and Zoom. And, and then got to the last bit and it was absolute silence. And I'd done all this clever, well, kind of clever technical stuff to get rid of the rumbling sound, which was only on my end of the recording. It was only when I was uh, speaking. And did you just... And I thought, I thought the, the microphone in my laptop must be crap. Turns out it was actually too good. It was picking up the sound of the air conditioning unit. <laughs> I didn't realise right above where I was recording. Oh, and no. then when it switched itself off, it was perfectly pristine silence. So the technical things that one does as a travelling podcaster. But I'm home now. Great. So it should be quite simple. Should, well, now that you've said that, something <laughs> will go wrong. So the, today we're going to talk about, there's a documentary coming up on SBS about Airbnb in Edinburgh, which I have a close personal connection with. And we're going to talk about rent bidding and how the restrictions brought in on that aren't making very much difference at all. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I write the flat chat column for the Australian Financial Review. And I'm Sue Williams, and I write about property for domain. And this is the flat chat wrap. It's been a while since we've done anything about Airbnb. But it seems to be back in the news again. Well, very much so, with uh, SBS having sent somebody off into the wilds of Edinburgh to discover mm. what's going on there. And why Edinburgh, Jimmy? Well, Edinburgh is one of the hottest tourist spots in Britain mm. and uh, has a long history of people renting there. I mean, renting private accommodation in Edinburgh has never been a big issue for Scots people. That's how you. That's how you live. You rent, and you rent for... Years and years and years in the same place. Mm. And then along comes Airbnb and all those traditions, if you want, get thrown out the window. Oh, so it affects um, cities where people rent much more than cities where people buy. Pretty much, mm. yes. Yeah, and, I never thought of that. Well, we see it in other European cities as well, like Barcelona and, and Paris especially, You know, where renting is part of the natural way of things, where people choose to rent rather than pouring their money into property like we are encouraged to do in this country. And in Edinburgh, because it's also a tourist centre and because they've always had a thing there of people renting out rooms during the Edinburgh Festival. You know, when hundreds of thousands of people come into the city and they all need accommodation and the hotels just can't cope, then people have always had this thing of, and it's quite a nice thing. In, in, in some ways, it shows the Airbnb original concept mm. where you rent your room to somebody and it's somebody who's come to listen to music yeah. to go and to, to the theater and to meet locals sometimes yeah. as well yeah and you can kind of share your own experiences and oh, tell them the good places to go the good pubs to drink nice. in the good cafes to eat in that kind of thing so it, that has happened for decades then along comes airbnb and says well all tourists can do this now you can rent your room you can share your house and hey here's an even better idea Leave your house, mm. leave your flat, 
and rent it out commercially to, to people. Yeah. So about five years ago, I was in Edinburgh and I could see what was happening there. And I said to them, you guys have got to be careful here, you guys being Scottish Edinburgh people, because Airbnb is coming in in a big way and it's going to change the whole way you, you live and work in this city. And uh, my friend Kenny Kemp wrote a piece for the Sunday Times, the Scottish Sunday Times, which appeared in July 2018. Mm. And at that point, the convener for housing for Edinburgh City Council said she was concerned and was looking at um, some ways of curbing what was clearly going to be a big problem for them. And, and now it has become a big problem, I think. Absolutely. And and you're looking at this uh, new documentary that's coming out on... SBS. SBS. On April the 4th, I think. Dateline, yeah. 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 Because they they found that rental vacancies are less than 1%, which is kind of a bit similar to lots of places in Australia as well. Mm. And rents have gone up 15%. Yeah. Um, which, which is probably as a consequence, a par, yeah, lots yeah, of places yeah. in Sydney and Melbourne as well. Um, so it's kind of really exacerbated the, the the housing situation in Scotland, yeah, as it has similarly in many places in Australia too. Yeah, and there was an interesting uh, another uh, more recent uh, story. Val McDermott, the Scottish crime writer, she was complaining about how Edinburgh now in the morning you get woken up by the the rattle of wheelie suitcases <laughs> along the cobbles. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the cobbles are called sets in Edinburgh, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she was uh, being a, a writer of some repute, has been complaining about Airbnb in Edinburgh, and I've been complaining about Airbnb in Edinburgh, and lo and behold, the Scottish government is making moves. Oh, because they've now introduced new laws, haven't they, about Airbnb? They're about to, yeah. Oh, okay. According what are they? To, well, it sounds like they're basically saying any Airbnb, not just in Edinburgh, but in the whole of Scotland, has to be licensed. And that means it has to pass certain tests in terms of things like fire safety and access and, and all those things. And just the fact of being licensed would put a lot of people off anyway and the kind of fringe dwellers of the short-term rental market. Um, but it sounds like they're, they're finally, once they bring in licensing, then they will know what the numbers are. And once they know what the numbers are, they'll be able to look at other policies that can mitigate. I mean, the trouble is for a lot of cities and communities around the world is that tourists come in and pay for some reason, they will pay the same money in an Airbnb or other short-term rental providers, very close to what they'd pay in a hotel these days. Or a service department. Yeah, but, you know... I think most of the people kind of assume it's going to be cheaper, but in yeah. fact, it often isn't. I mean, we've had a look around Sydney, and some of the places for Airbnb are so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be mad to kind of go to them, really. You'd be but, much better off going to a service department. You've got all the facilities... And it doesn't have somebody else's yeah. junk around. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I use booking.com uh, mm. on my various travels. Mm. And uh, apart from anything else, I get a discount on, <laughs> well, you get a substantial discount if you, if you use them enough. But you find yourself looking at properties that could be, it might be a hotel or it might be a short term rental place in the same listing. So mm. you're able to compare like for like. I don't know if hotels are now listing on the Airbnb website. I think a lot of them are. Because Be because the, that's where people go. Yeah, that's yeah. right. 
and and they're kind of keen to show that their prices are very competitive. Closer to home here, uh, I was reading the other day that uh, the Premier of WA is now looking at bringing in restrictions there mm. because their availability for rentals has dropped through the floor and rents are going up. And in a smaller community like Perth and the rest of WA, differences like that can be suddenly much more significant mm. than cities like Melbourne or Sydney where we can absorb that to a certain extent. Sure, absolutely. And, I mean, how different is asking um, Airbnb owners to license their properties? How different is that to, you know, in New South Wales, we we, we were after a register of properties? Well, we have one. Mm. I don't know how effective that has been. I don't think there's any studies been done on it. The government here doesn't fall over itself to find anything wrong with Airbnb ever. Mm. And uh, although I think New South Wales has the most restrictive laws because we have a register, um, in Victoria and Melbourne, they just, the government doesn't care. Really, really, really doesn't care. They look at the tourist dollars coming in and think that's fine. That's all we need to know. And you've got buildings there where between a third and a half of the apartments in the Docklands area, which was supposed to be this jewel in the, the apartment mm. living crown in, in uh, Melbourne, a third to a half of some of the, the apartments there are given over to short term rentals. And that was never planned, but the restrictions there are if the guests or the hosts, if the apartment causes a problem three times, then they, they'll do something about it. And you think if you're living in the, living in those buildings near those apartments and half of them have got three shots at, at behaving badly, it doesn't sound like a pleasant environment no. in which to live, does it? <laughs> no, absolutely. All right, so we'll see that. So when is this dateline on SBS? Um, April the 4th. Right, mm. and uh, some nice pictures of Edinburgh. Yeah, absolutely, and those cobblestones or sets. Sets, <gasps> yes. yes, you got it right. <laughs> it's funny because I went to university in Durham in the north of England mm. and there was lots and lots of cobblestones there because it's a really old city. And it's amazing how noisy suitcases can be. <laughs> you know, you kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a little uh, trundly case that I use when I when I go to college, and uh, when I've got a lot of books to co- carry, and I take it along. You know that tunnel at uh, Central Station. Oh yeah, yep. And uh, you're walking along there, and it's you know you're drowning out the sound of the buskers, and <laughs> which is a good thing sometimes. Mm. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about rent bidding and uh, how it hasn't really worked bringing in restrictions on that. That's after this. And we're back. And Sue, there's a couple of stories in the weekend papers about rents and rent bidding and uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, I guess, you know, the rental crisis, we all know, is horrendous. And um, lots of newspapers have been focusing on that. Um, I mean, mostly because... Well, there's a shortage of housing. There's mm. developers aren't actually building enough housing for us. Um, there might be restrictions in planning regulations, that those kind of things making the situation worse. Mm. Also, during COVID, people were less keen to share houses. They wanted to live on their own. Right. You know, they got right. nervous about being around other people. Yeah. And that's a trend which has kind of continued as well. So share houses kind of broke up and yep. went into, you know, four people went into four little apartments of their own, really. Um, 
So where's the where's the highest rental changes? I mean, we know that in no other aspect of life is it more obvious that demand and supply affect each other critically. Sure. Well, one report came out to say that the the biggest rent increases in Sydney yeah. were in areas that people really like to live, places like Clovelly, uh-huh. where rents went up six hundred and thirty three dollars. What's that as a percentage of? As a percentage, that's about a third. Wow. Because the rents are usually about, um, well, the median rent in Clovelly is 1,995. Ooh. It's a lot of money. Um, So that went up by $633. Um, Rose Bay went up by $600 on a 2,000 rental. Yep. Middle Cove, which is also very nice. And then Riverview, Balmain East. And then the Upper North Shore, Curl Curl, North Taramara. The strike for me are these are areas where, generally speaking, people would be able to afford more rent more easily. We're not talking about somebody who's on minimum wage here, are we? Mm, no, that's right. Because they're all quite well-to-do areas, really. Right. And those people are being pushed out. Of yeah, the city because centre. there's probably a real shortage of rental accommodation. Because yeah. you know, with rent so high. Sometimes people are able to buy instead because, mm. you know, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So rents are going up, availability is going down. What difference is the ban on rent bidding? Do you want to explain what the rent bidding ban is to begin with? Well, it's where landlords, when they see lots of people applying for the same apartment or house to live in, so maybe 20 people want to 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 apply for rental, and maybe it's been advertised at 800 So the landlord says, okay, you can have it for 850 if you're willing to pay 850 Right. And so it would be kind of like an auction on the rent almost. So the landlords are saying to the group of people there, if you want to go a bit higher. Yeah, we'll give it to the highest bidder. Yeah. So which was really horribly unfair for all those people applying and coming yeah. along thinking they might be able to afford it. Yeah. So the rent bidding ban was meant to to stop that. So that's to stop landlords and agents suggesting to potential tenants that they they might pay more. But this isn't working because people are turning up, you know, competing for the same properties. And rather than being urged to put to offer more, they're offering more anyway. Mm. So the rent bidding is going on. Okay, you ban the landlords, you ban the agents from suggesting they might put the rent up, but there's nothing to stop tenants coming along and saying, we'll pay more. Mm, Sure. And it's been interesting over the weekend that the various parties, the Labour Party and Greens, have both come up with their own uh, alleged solutions for this. Okay, well, what's the difference between them? Well, one of them, the Labour Party has been saying, well, what we'll do is change it so that we'll stop secret bidding so that if a, a tenant comes along and says, a potential tenant comes along and says, I'll give you $50 a week more, the, the landlord or the agent then has to inform the other tenants that this has happened so that they can have the opportunity to bid more, oh. which is just. <laughs> it just sets a fire under the whole situation. Absolutely. It? it just makes it, just legitimizes something they're trying to stop. The, Greens, I believe, are saying just it's got to stop altogether. And I haven't seen their policy on this, but I would imagine it's basically, and it's so, it would be so easy to do. The landlord or the agent advertises 
a property at a certain rent and they can let it for less, but they can't let it for more yeah. for yeah. the next year. Yeah. And that's fair enough, I think, for a landlord can say, I think in this market, this property is worth 750 a week. And I, obviously, I want to maximize my investment, but they should have the leeway to go, oh, I'm not getting any bids at 750. I'm going to drop it down to 725. What they can't do is say, oh, there's 20 people queuing up for this. I'm going to put it up to 800. Yep. It would be that simple mm. so that you can say, as soon as that is advertised and it must have a fixed rent on it, then the tenants who lose out can go back to fair trading and say, we think somebody bid more for that. And they'd be able to track that through the bond system and all that stuff. And at least it sends a clear signal to people that they can't just keep bumping up the rents. Mm, yeah. And it's interesting, though, like um, I was reading about um, Tim McGibbons, who's the CEO of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales. Mm. And he was saying it's a real problem because investors aren't coming into the market so much anymore because of anti-landlord policies. Yeah. And these anti-landlord policies are things like um, no grounds terminations, banning those. Yeah. Um, Tim McKibben's a really nice guy and a very smart person, and I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, mm. That sounds so self-serving mm. uh, for real estate agents to be saying, for a start, we do not have no-fault evictions uh, banned in New South Wales. So right. that's, 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 right. that's BS for a start. Yeah. He's, he's trying to fire a warning shot against the Labour Party. Trying to introduce it. Trying to them. introduce it, which they and the Greens would be very keen to do. And the other thing about investors coming in because they're scared off by anti-landlord. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. I mean, give, give us, hey, Tim, if you're listening, send us the figures that prove that and we'll publish them. <laughs> Send us the hard details and mm. we'll publish them. Just give us your your wish list or your dreams or your nightmares. Send us the hard facts and figures and I will publish them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, you're laughing. I'm, that's a well, promise. No, no, quite. I mean, investors are now coming back into the market. Yeah, so they're just not telling Tim. Yes, right. <laughs> Because property prices, a lot of people think that they've kind of hit the bottom now already. Yeah. And there's... In some areas, they're just starting to, to bounce back. Yep. So investors are seeing that and seeing the first green shoots of recovery, really, mm. and they're getting in now. Mm. And they're also maybe only kind of one or two rate rises left, interest rate rises from the RBA. Mm. So um, things are looking pretty good. I actually don't think we'll see any more. Uh, I think we'll see one more. One more? Mm. Just to make people realise that this is a serious situation. Yeah, but, just just to stamp out the last of the increasing inflation. Yeah, you know, and another point twenty five twenty five basis points raised. Yeah, yeah, they soon add up, though, don't they? Yeah, they do. Add up faster than Qantas frequent flyer points. <laughs> A lot faster. So rent bidding and the rental crisis is is still with us. We know that this is a supply and demand issue, and demand is exceeding supply. Is there any sign that there is going to be more housing coming on stream anytime soon? Well, approvals are still down, but you think with the bouncing back of the property market, you know, prices yeah. looking as if they're past the, the, the bottom, yeah. that's, that some developers will be coming back and 
putting in more um, development applications for housing because right. suddenly it's much more, more, more worth their while. Construction prices had gone up hugely and they're starting to come down as well. So that would be encouraging developers too. So hopefully, you know, it, it won't happen very quickly. I mean, these things don't never do. But hopefully in the next couple of years, we will see a lot more housing coming onto the market. Right. And there's a big push as well for build to rent. Yes, Which absolutely. is the new thing, isn't it? Mm, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and also co-living is getting bigger and bigger, which is kind of... It's okay, the, explain co-living. It's kind of like, do you remember the new generation boarding houses mm. where you kind of have a studio and it has a very minimal kitchen or maybe it has a microwave mm. or... You know, just a sink in the kitchen, that kind of thing. And, but it has lots of, um, shared amenities with the other tenants. So it's kind of quite small studio apartments, mm. but they have, you know, a big common area. They, they'll have a big gourmet kitchen that they can all use mm. at various times, big fridges, that kind of thing. Mm. Maybe have, um, a rooftop barbecue. Mm. They have lots and lots of amenities. Yeah. And they can all share those, but the actual living space is much smaller. Do they have their own bathroom? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. But they share the laundry, right? You know, so it's okay. so it's yeah, kind yeah. of it's kind of almost like student living, and I think yeah. a lot of them are based on student accommodation. Yeah, I, I just recently, as you know, visited my sister in Scotland, and she's got a lovely house. But there were basically three groups of people: my sister and her husband, and my aunt and I, each in one of each of the three bedrooms, one bathroom, mm. absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is Britain, isn't but it? But really? consider that way, way, way back in the history of time, I lived in houses with outside toilets. Mm. I think it's probably a bit much for me to complain about <laughs> only one bathroom, but it makes you appreciate the level of relative luxury in which we live these yeah, days. Yeah, absolutely. I was writing about a house the other day. It has five bedrooms and eight bathrooms. And you think, why do they need so many bathrooms? Right. Yes, yeah, but, I, yeah. yeah. Mm. I've just been uh, taking my students through uh, The Broken Shore, uh, the Peter Temple novel, mm. and uh, the central character, Joe Cashin's brother, the, his mother says, oh, he's, he's got a flat in Melbourne with one and a half bathrooms. And he says, so what do you do in the half bath- bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> you have half a pee. <laughs> okay, enough of that jollity. Um I think we've covered it all. It's uh, looking forward to that SBS uh, dateline. Um, it should be fun. Uh, just if, if only to see those streets in Edinburgh, which took me by surprise when we went to see The Lost King. Oh, the movie, yeah. Yeah, about Richard III. Oh, beautiful. And uh, I'm looking at all these street scenes because I thought it was set in Nottingham, which is where <laughs> they found – oh, mm. spoiler alert – that's where they found the body. <laughs> but all these street scenes, and I'm going, hey, that, that, that looks like – Edinburgh, that looks like the grass market. And sure enough, and of course, it was she started her quest in mm. Edinburgh. Mm. But it's so nice to see. I mean, I, I lived there for about a year, many years ago. And even despite all the sounds of suitcases on the sets, it's a nice city to live in and visit. Absolutely. And then when you visited Edinburgh, you should visit Scotland because they are very different places. <laughs> all right, Sue, thanks very much for coming in and doing this. And... Uh, Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Flat Chat Wrap podcast. You'll find links to the stories and other references on our website, 
flatchat.com.au. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast completely free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Flat Chat Rap with a W, click on subscribe, and you'll get this podcast every week without even trying. Thanks again. Talk to you again next week.